0: Like a moment from a horror movie. You have been hanging out in the wrong clubs, Mr. Wayne. I seen this
1: movie. Smoke mirrors, guys! Welcome to the movie factory. Join the club, we've got jackets. I you stole it from a movie. We want you in our club, kid. Hey everybody, welcome to Burke Reviews Movie Club. I'm John Burke, and with me as always, Corey Starr. Hello, hello. And we are here this week to finish the month of November 2020 with our love stinks. Theme with the film Revolutionary Road, directed by Sam Mendes. We will get into that review in a little bit. Um, if you're new to the show, what this is, is like a book club, except with movies. Corey and I realized several years ago now that we had some major gaps in our viewing history, and we also had a bad habit of re-watching the same things over and over again. And in an effort to uh, lessen that gap and encourage each other to watch movies that we've never seen, we started this podcast. And Every week, we watch a movie that at least one of us haven't seen, and this whole month has been movies neither of us had ever seen before. Um, Corey picked this one, and uh, we'll be talking about it at length uh, in the near future, but before we get into our review of the film, which starts spoiler-free and then gets into spoilers, we like to talk about what else we've been doing since the last time we recorded and see what else we've been watching. So, Corey, how are you doing?
0: You know, I'm well. I had to work today, but... um... One of my friends was already going to Record Store Day Black Friday and had the first spot, like the first time slot in line. Um, Mm. So he got the item I really wanted. Uh, I asked like the social media, like the media guy at the record store if they were even getting it because it was regionally focused. And I don't even know what that means because they don't even put on the website where the regional focus is. Mm. How is that helpful? I'm going to tweet about it. I'm going to complain about it (laughs) until somebody fixes it. But um, they were heavily allocated and only had five copies. So I'm glad my friend got it for me. But I just worked. I'm glad I only had to work one day. And now it's the weekend again because today felt like another Monday. How are you?
1: I am okay. It's the day after Thanksgiving that we're recording this. I had a very quiet but good Thanksgiving um, yesterday. And uh, had a good day today. Hung out with some friends. Played some magic. And then... um, went to a very good mexican restaurant uh for lunch with one of the friends um and ate way too much but friday is my cheat day um so that was my uh my big big cheat was the the mexican food that was delicious um i've watched a lot of stuff this week on my vacation like so many things um i'm not even sure if i can remember all the non movies that i've watched this week because uh there's a lot and i also i took uh, upon um i've had three people recently recommend something to me like strongly like reach out to me specifically knowing of my like love of movies and say hey i just watched this i think you should watch it and i made an effort to do that because i feel like uh burke reviews a big part of it is telling people that hey i think these are good i think these are bad meaning i think you should watch these and not those or whatever and i ask people to do that essentially all the time and also people who don't ask me to tell them what they should watch i often tell them hey you should watch this so in an effort to like encourage that I decided to try to watch some of those that were recommended. I watched all of the things that were recommended to me. I'm sorry. Um, because I wanted to, to do that. Um, you know, I feel like if someone's going to take the time to tell me that I should watch something, even if I'm, unless it's something I really don't want to, but like, if it's, you know, something I'm interested in or whatever, I'm going to put that as a priority, especially with theaters being closed right now. And I'm kind of, I'm often torn about like how to choose what I watch. Um, if it's not for a podcast kind of thing, uh, so like that was a, a fun way of kind of picking some things that otherwise maybe I wouldn't have gotten to, um. But uh, you know, I've been I've been kind of I really made sure that this week I could relax and not do work, so I've not worked really at all uh, this week. Maybe like a little bit here and there. I've checked a couple emails, but um, purposely and needed a break from my job um, with this Thanksgiving vacation, and so grateful and thankful for those things. I do wish it was a little cooler here. It snowed where you are, right?
0: Yeah. The day before Thanksgiving, it snowed. Um, it <laughs> melted like halfway through the day, but it's been still been really cold. I'm kind of surprised it didn't snow today. Cause it was 21 when I woke up.
1: Mm. It, it was like seventies today. Um, maybe eighties, uh, not, not hot, but it's definitely not cold. It doesn't feel like the holiday season is just beginning. Um, I did go to Walgreens twice yesterday, uh, once on my own to get, I wanted to, I was trying to get some last minute things and everything else was basically closed. Um, and then Kathy wanted to go after she got off of work cause she had to work one to six at her retail job. And, um, she's, she's still working right now. In fact, uh, cause they, they extended their closing hours by an hour starting today. So, oh yeah, um, and but yeah you know it was it's been a, it's been a good week um very uh, unproductive in some ways and productive in other ways but like you know i needed a break and i i purposely like i've been playing games with some friends online and and uh just kind of relaxing um recording another podcast tomorrow the movie astrology uh our next episode is recording tomorrow so that's exciting because that's always fun for matt and i um i got to just occurred to me i need to write my i need to consult the stars uh, if you haven't listened to movie astrology that Matt Hudson from What I Watch Tonight and I Do, um, at the end of every episode, I declare the year a, like a, a movie astrology type thing. Like This is the year of blank. If you were born in this year, here's what you need to look forward to. And all of the, the references are uh, from the movies of the top 10 of that year. So it takes a little bit of thought uh, for some of them, especially if I'm not as familiar with the movies. Um, but I've seen all of the top 10, I think, uh, for, for 1968, mm. which we're recording tomorrow. Um, so, which took an effort. Matt and I had a, we've been prepping for this episode for about a month to make sure we could see as many of the movies as possible, but, um, yeah, it's, it's funny because some years, like, we will have seen almost all the movies, and then a couple of times we've hit those years that we were, like, both, like, nothing. We had to watch a ton of movies to be able to talk about anything. Um, but yeah, so, speaking of what we've been watching, let's get into what we've watched this week since the last time we recorded. Corey, I'm assuming you're going to want to go first, because I have, I have a list. (laughs)
0: Um, yeah, I definitely don't have as much as you. Uh, I finished watching the Cold Case Files classic episodes. i still rewatching Haunting of Bly Manor. Bill and I watched The Elf yesterday. Mm. It's about the only thing I can stand Zoe Deschanel in. Um, <laughs> she makes my skin crawl. She annoys me. Um, and then I watched Ghost Dog.
1: Mm. I also watched Ghost Dog.
0: And then, of course, our movie of the week
1: so ghost dog uh real quick um we both watched it we both bought it on criterion Corey and i are both jim jarmusch fans um we we did coffee and cigarettes and i think patterson on this podcast over the last two years four years Mm -hmm. um i think that's the only ones we did for the podcast uh i we didn't do dead uh the dead don't die and we did not do only lovers left alive i don't think
0: we did Dead man oh that's right we did
1: do dead man from because we both bought that on criterion um and uh we should have probably done ghost dog but we neither of us could wait that long i think we've been waiting to see this one for a while um i i loved it what were your thoughts it didn't sound like you were as into it
0: i really liked it too i'm still thinking about it yes (laughs) it is
1: as jermarge would do um it actually reminds me a lot of patterson in some ways uh as far as like the voiceover and there's a bit of it's not technically poetry but i think the uh the samurai ways of life are very poetic in the way he reads them especially and it's uh quiet and contemplative in some ways and yeah um, just i thought it was great
0: for what he does and what uh, i don't know how to word it for what happens in the movie it's not as fast-paced or action-packed as you would think yes which you know i don't really think that any of his movies that i've seen are nope you know but i i he always leaves me thinking for a while And I really liked Forrest Whitaker in it a lot. Yes. And obviously uh,
1: the RZA does the score slash soundtrack for the movie, which is not super surprising. If you've followed Jarmusch for a while, he is uh, apparently very good friends with the Wu-Tang Clan, which I find to be all the more fascinating about him. Because if you see him, you would not think this guy would hang out with the Wu-Tang Clan, but he clearly does. And that's what I love about him is he is just this cool dude. And he has a lot to say in very interesting ways to say it. And it's great. Um, but, okay, so that's what you've been watching? Yes. So I um, I went back uh, to 1932 and 1935, and I watched from the Universal Monsters The Mummy and The Bride of Frankenstein. Um, I've seen almost all of the big Universal Monsters films, uh, except for The Wolfman is the last one of the big ones that I've not watched. Um, I saw The Creature of the Black Lagoon a while back. I kind of want to rewatch that one, because I watched that one um, with a group of students like on a kind of off day where it wasn't like a normal class day We just threw something on. So I feel like I need to rewatch that one. But um, I've seen Frankenstein and Dracula and now The Bride of Frankenstein and the Mummy. I watched The Invisible Man earlier this year. So that's kind of like a big checklist. I want to hit the big Universal Monsters. I don't know if I'm going to sit through the silent ones, um, The Hunchback and uh, forgot the other one. That's Oh, The Phantom of the Opera from 1925. I don't know if I'm going to sit through those or not. I might. Um, but, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, I watched a short that dropped on Netflix called If Anything Happens, I Love You. It's an animated short. It is very much worth watching. It is emotional, and it hit hard. Um, but that one was recommended uh, from one of my students, messaged me over break just to tell me they watched it and they thought I should watch it. So I, I did, especially because it was 12 minutes. It wasn't a super big investment. But um, I thought it was cool that the student wanted to reach out to me over break even to, to tell me to watch it. So um, I've been... I
0: can't remember what celebrities or I don't even remember if it's musicians or actors that I've been seeing talk about that on Instagram.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, um, I think it got some award recognition somewhere uh, beforehand and then Netflix dropping it. Netflix doesn't do a lot of shorts. There are some on there. Uh, but when one drops, it usually gets a lot of watches because it's, it's 12 minutes. I mean, you watch more on like accessible. TikTok or Utah. Utah? Wow. Wow. <laughs>
0: I feel like you should make that a thing before somebody else.
1: Hashtag Utah. Um, Then uh, Matt and I uh, actually watched the movie and recorded our episode on the same day. uh, The new Netflix original film, Hillbilly Elegy directed by Ron Howard um, stars, Amy Adams and Glenn Close. uh, Kind of. They're, they're in it. I don't really feel like they're the stars. The the, the dude whose name I'm not going to remember is the star. And I, we both liked him a lot. Our episode for Hillbilly Elegy dropped yesterday uh, on Thanksgiving. So, if you haven't had a chance to listen to that yet, uh, check that out, Matt and I, on Bloody Awesome Movie Podcast. Um, my my aunt, uh, who I had not spoken to for a couple months, reached out to me uh, to watch this uh, documentary called My Octopus Teacher. Um, I am not a big fan of nature documentaries, and I had forgotten that until I watched this documentary, in which case I was like, oh, crap. Um, but I watched <laughs> it. Uh, I found it a little boring it's it's beautiful there's some really awesome shots it's all mostly underwater um i found the narrative to be a little boring and also a little creepy because i kind of think the dude wanted to uh mm-hmm, with the octopus but um yeah uh but you know it, it wasn't it's not a bad doc it's just not my style and i do have an issue because every time he'd have like this really cool shot he would you hear the voiceover go like, it's very rare to get this type of shot and i'm like yeah but I don't know that it's very rare and I've only seen this documentary about this topic. So saying it's very rare is unnecessary and a little braggy, you know, like just just show me the thing and I'll be impressed because it's a good shot. I don't need you to tell me that it's a good shot or that it's hard that you got the shot. Or like that annoys me. And so that was that was also it, uh, hitting me. Um, another uh, movie I watched on Netflix, um, a lot of Netflix watches uh is because my um a co-worker had recommended this a couple weeks ago this is an older movie from 2012 but it just dropped on netflix recently um it's mm. called the impossible it's got your boy in it Corey, you you and, McGregor uh, you and mcgregor and your girl naomi watts um plus very very young tom holland like i think this might be his first movie role um it is super intense uh it is based on the actual um it's an actual true story of this family that was on vacation in Thailand when the 2004 tsunami hit. And um, it's directed by J.A. Banea, I think is how you say his name, who um, he did this movie. He did a Monster Calls, which I love. Uh, he did The Orphanage, which I think is supposed to be good. Um, but then he did Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, which most people hate. Um, so kind of up and down career, I guess you could say. But I, this movie definitely can be a little bit manipulative um i do have i have some questions about whether or not it's the best version of this story we should have been told but it's still an intense film and it definitely will grab you on the emotions um it's the scenes of the tsunami hitting are scary and intense um it it was pretty crazy and holland is really good mcgregor is mcgregor so if you like him you like him um I then, after that, I needed something a little lighter. So I threw on the new Taylor Swift Folklore, The Long Pond Studio Sessions, uh, which is a, a exclusive to Disney+. Plus. Um, I love the Folklore album, which I was... At first, I was like, this isn't the Taylor Swift that I love because I like the poppy Taylor Swift. And yes, listeners, if you're just finding out that I am a Taylor Swift fan, I am okay with that. But yes, I am. It's a Swifty. Um, I am 100%. Uh, I, I, I never would have thought I'd ever say that in my life, but it is a true story. Um, and this... Uh, Folklore sessions. It is not the original recording from the album. This is like exclusive, kind of like a uh concert type thing. Um, because they're they're alternate versions of the songs from at least from what I could gather. They weren't the exact versions that we've listened to. They're very close because it's the same songs, but um I, I very much enjoyed this. There they do some like fireside talks in between the songs, kind of explaining the writing process and stuff. It was really cool. Um, watch the movie for that uh, uh cory picked um on thanksgiving day it was not the right call uh then i watched home for the holidays <laughs> um like home for the holidays uh i kind of watched half of home for the holidays and i watched revolutionary road and then i watched the rest of home for the holidays later on um just because oh, my day broke up and then i uh right before i went to bed i i a tradition of mine and probably a lot of our country um on thanksgiving is to watch the macy's day parade and i i didn't really enjoy watching it yesterday with the uh the changes to the, the necessary changes mind you to the format um so I needed some kind of like comfort of the Macy's Day Parade so I thought why not Miracle on 34th Street which starts at the Macy's Day Parade mm-hmm. and so I watched that uh late last night while playing some games with friends on the computer um but it's a movie I've seen it uh, so so many times but it was fun to rewatch. and then TV I'm still working my way through Titans on HBO Um, which is, it was originally a DC universe series, but they moved everything to HBO max. Um, and it's, it's getting better in season two. Uh, I think a lot better, but it's also like maybe a little overinflated. Like they're just like, we'll just keep throwing all the characters that you love uh, really fast and you won't have time to really get to know any of them much. And so I think they need to also slow down a bit on that. Um, but then I, uh, I dove into the Animaniacs, uh, the, the, what do you call the reboot i guess on hulu oh um i
0: don't
1: know if you were ever a fan of animaniacs but i loved them as a kid and the new ones are great Uh,
0: they'll sing you the theme song i won't
1: oh but i could they they the theme song did not change except the second verse they updated uh to be more about the fact that it's a reboot and it's very meta it's very very self-aware um it's picking fun of the idea of reboots, but it's also very much embracing it. Uh, There are some deviations, but I will say uh, if you're a fan of the old cartoon, I think it does a lot for you. Um, It's got a lot of social commentary. It's very clear about its standings with uh, some political views, Uh, so it won't work for everybody as a result. Some people are not going to like what it has to say, Um, but I do think it is uh, pretty great. I was very, very happy with it. Um, So that's what I've been watching. I think that covers everything. Uh, I, I don't know if I need any more um but yeah active week Uh, a lot of that i was watching while doing other things but you know um still was watching a lot of movies and trying to just throw things on and uh enjoy them in the background while i'm doing stuff i feel like i watched something else but can't think of what all right well um i think that is a good time to take a quick little break and when we come back we will jump into our review of revolutionary road all right, here we go, folks. We are getting into the Sam Mendes film from 2008, Revolutionary Road. A young couple living in Connecticut suburb during the mid-1950s struggled to come to terms with their personal problems while trying to raise their two children. Um, written by Justin Haith and uh, based on the novel from Richard Yates. Um, stars, uh, we got some big names in this. Uh, obviously, Kate Winslet and Leonardo DiCaprio um, a few years after their, their boat ride uh, to the Titanic. Um, attempt to go on another boat ride, but but fail. Uh so um get out of here. <laughs> they do. They that's the plan. They're gonna take a boat to Paris. Um yeah. but uh Kate and Leo and then why this is horribly a steamer even horribly listed on IMDb here. They have like all these like party dancers on the list. Like who cares? <laughs> um David Harbour is the uh and then um is it Catherine Hahn? Yes, Catherine Hahn, Kathy Bates is in I it. like her uh richard easton who is kathy Bates' husband um zoe kazan has a very small part dylan baker is a co-worker and then we've got our boy um michael shannon playing kathy Bates' son which is kind of weird um i didn't recognize zoe kazan at first like i was looking at her face and i'm like i know this girl who is this girl and then it i had a like look i'm like oh my god that's zoe because she's uh she plays um emily in the big sick um which is one of my favorite recent rom coms, and then she's also in a couple of other uh, movies. She's in the co she's in a lot of other movies, but that I've recently watched. Um, so I'm a fan of her, and I was surprised at myself for not recognizing her. Uh, and also, I didn't recognize David Harbor, um, who, if you watch Stranger Things, uh, you know you'll rec- you'll know him as uh, Sher- sheriff. For- yeah, um, but it, I haven't. I've only seen him in a few other movies, and so like uh, he he's a baby here. He's like super baby face. In-
0: Like he always has a beard. Well, almost always has a beard in Stranger Things 2. Or also. So um, it it took me a bit to figure it out.
1: Ah. Yeah. And then in Hellboy, he is, well, he's Hellboy. So, you know, awful movie. Um, Unfortunately. So I
0: haven't
1: seen it. Corey picked this movie. Uh, I don't know. uh, I mean, obviously, this movie definitely fits into our theme because boy, does love stink in this movie. Um, Love is a nightmare in this film and uh a curse i would even say uh in my opinion that's how i took it from this film um although not entirely sure it's love's fault necessarily but it does seem to take that angle at times um which the cover the poster does not imply that whatsoever in my opinion the poster is very misleading uh to what you actually get when the movie begins but um i i i Obviously, a uh, big fan of both Kate and Leo. Um, I, I think they perform super well in this movie. I am a fan of Sam Mendes, and it should be noted, this is uh, also Roger Deakins. They just collaborated to get a uh, cinematographer. Roger Deakins uh, does cinematography for this movie, which um, is one of the things I love about Deakins is he can do all types of cinematography. Uh, this movie is very much different than a lot of the other films I've seen of his um stylistically and also just the look of it this has a uh such a clean and crisp feel to hit that suburb kind of i think idealistic view that the suburbs represented for people that this was like ah this is where you can get out of the city and and have these nice nuclear family homes where you have your two kids and your pets and your fences and um there's a superficial out superficial out superficiality
0: superficiality yes
1: um i got it it was coming superficiality to that world and i think the look of the film has that as well which i'm giving full credit to deacons i think deacons is a hot take everybody deacons is an amazing cinematographer um but he often works with the cohen so i'm very familiar with him as a cinematographer Mm -hmm. uh because of that and he also just collaborated with san mendes on 1917 where they did this crazy uh single take type action movie so completely different look and style than this movie um and that's one of the things again i really appreciate about deacons is he's just masterful with the camera um and mendez I, i've seen a lot of his movies um i've seen it's been a long time since i saw the um i'm gonna forget what it's called now with uh kevin spacey and the girl from american pie and the flowers and american beauty that's it i, I saw that like when it came out kind of thing on dvd i haven't seen it ever since and i probably won't again because of kevin spacey no
0: so i love that movie it was one of my favorites when it came out i'm pretty sure it was my favorite the year it came out um love it love it love it but i tried to go back and watch it recently and yeah it doesn't i just can't
1: um i am a big fan of skyfall uh which was the third of the daniel craig bond movies and then um did not like specter uh which was the last uh, until the current one that's not out yet but uh mendez did both of those um and I saw Jarhead, but I, I didn't like Jarhead when I saw it. But I feel like I probably could appreciate it now. And I still have not watched Road to Perdition. That is high on my list of things to watch, though. Um, that said, I've seen a lot of his films. I've not seen all. Um, I'm missing just a few. Oh, and I always forget he did Away We Go, which I do love. So um, I I don't think I like this movie. I don't think it's a bad movie. I just don't like it. What? Um, I what? Which part?
0: revolutionary road
1: yeah no this movie made me so uncomfortable i hated every second of it um
0: oh jesus
1: uh not that it's again it's not bad i just can't ever want to watch this again um it, it it i mean one thing that really bugged me is i i immediately didn't like uh dicaprio's character whose name is frank um because i don't know there was something about the way he presented his case to her that i was like Mm-mm, i don't like it and then uh it seemed to be. I seemed to be right because that first fight that they have after her play fails, and this is not a spoiler. This is the beginning of the movie. Um, he 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 throws his fist in the air like he's gonna punch her, and I have I, that triggers me. I don't like domestic violence. It really hits in a in a negative way. So I was immediately not liking him, and then the movie made me not. It made me want to like him because it's, and I think that's because it's DiCaprio and he's such a good actor. He's charming, charismatic, and he the first thirty minutes he does some horrible things that i really didn't like him um and uh i i the thing with this movie is i i definitely don't feel like i got everything it was trying to do and that's why i also didn't connect so i was already kind of disconnected from it and then um i i man I, I i don't know if i got what it was trying to say um and it I'll save some of my commentary for spoilers, but uh, there's some things about the end of this movie that I'm curious to f- see how you felt about it because I, f- I feel like it hits some things that usually I'm okay with and you're not, and it sounds like it might have flipped on this movie. <laughs> um,
0: I think that it did. So
1: that's kind of funny because of how we, we normally have these uh, differing viewpoints, uh, and it sounds like it might have. So uh, apparently you love this movie because you sounded shocked that I don't.
0: Um, I really did. Uh, and I listened to a video and she, uh, kept talking about the book and, like, comparing it to the movie and I, I'm putting the book on my to-read list, um, because I'm really interested in, yeah, seeing what it has to say and how it might differ or how it might, because sometimes books, like, flesh out more than a movie does. Maybe you miss a look or maybe... You know, I don't know. They don't spend 20 minutes, you know, <laughs> with like a gesture in the film, but in the book, you'll get a whole page on it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, but I really did like it. I think, uh, I mean, it's definitely heavy. I think that people should know that going into it. And if they're very sensitive to that kind of stuff, you know, mm-hmm. be prepared.
1: Yeah, I was not prepared for any of what the movie was going to do. Um... Which, again, uh, and that's... I i don't know that I have any major criticisms about the film as much as I just... None of it was something I wanted to sit through, um, like, in major ways. Uh, especially, like... So the theme this month was... It, it was built into the premise. Like, love stinks. But... So the before trilogy, the love stinks... While I think it, they all apply, it's a very mild application of love stinks it's like yeah there's love's not easy so it stinks in that way but this movie's like no love stinks this is like do you think love is great let me show you what it's really like and it hurt um way more than i was prepared for um
0: they're so good together i just can't even handle it
1: well and um Oh man, there's so many little things that he does that I was just like so upset about with with Frank again, like the character, not not DiCaprio. Uh, the character is just horrendous um, at times. Um,
0: I I really 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 like April's character.
1: Um, what do you mean you like her character?
0: Um, I feel like most of it I should like say for spoilers. Okay. Um, because I'll have to talk about some scenes, but they're just so opposite.
1: Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, let's. I think we probably do need to get into spoilers. Um, I, I was definitely not. Also, I did watch this on Thanksgiving, um, uh, which I, I was maybe a little heavy. For a holiday. I did did too. (laughs) Um, My my wife was at work. uh, So that was when I opted to watch it. And um, a a holiday that's built around like family togetherness and celebration was not the time to watch a movie that's like about family being (laughs) torn asunder um, for a variety of reasons. Uh, So um, that's our take. Corey enjoyed it. I did not. uh, I don't. I don't. I do want to dive a little deeper into it because I do feel like maybe there's some commentary that I don't fully comprehend. Um, I don't know much about suburban life in the 1950s, for example, other than the nuclear family concept. Uh, and I, I have seen like other movies that frame this similarly. I mean, I think I just watched Pleasantville. And I think that the show within the movie, Pleasantville, is about the same time period and the same idea, uh, the idealistic superficiality of the, that time period. Like, everything is nice and perfect. And this movie Even, has that.
0: Like, thinking about Mad Men...
1: I've never watched Mad Men, and that is an important detail. You are a big um, fan of that.
0: Big fan. I feel like we need to buy it while it's on sale. Um, Even though I've already watched it at least two or three times, it's fine. Um, But it's true. and Oh, even like, um, there are a lot of shows that I see with it. Like, even Peaky Blinders, which takes place a long time ago. I can't even remember what, like, decade. But it's very interesting, like, that wanting to get away from the city and live in the country
1: and that is, um, I think, a, a big... This is not a spoiler, so we're, we're not quite there yet. But uh, the big plot twist is that they they fall in love kind of quickly. They they have a kid. Uh, she wanted to be an actress, but now she's kind of settling to like live the suburban life as a mother. And um, he's in a job he hates because of that same thing, because he needs to make money to support the family. And they... Uh, I feel like this is the catalyst of the film, is that she, in an effort to... Respark their love to rekindle it to, to really like redevote themselves to each other is she wants to move from the suburbs to another country like they want to drop everything here and move away and that's kind of the catalyst of the film I think that's what kind of sets the uh the rest of the story in motion is that decision because I think a lot of everything kind of circles around that I feel like that's right um based on like the timing unless my brain is like chopped that up I hope I'm not wrong but Mm -mm. okay so i mean
0: that's how i took it to you
1: so that said uh i think now is a good time to move to spoilers
0: guys from here on out we're going to talk about revolutionary road from 2008 in great detail you have been
1: warned all right um so with april as a character i i think she's an interesting character and i don't dislike april um i feel very sad for april i feel uh empathetic towards her um and so it's not it's not like i don't like the character but i am I am concerned for the character. And obviously uh, the end is brutal, but uh, what was it about her that you liked so much?
0: I feel like there are so many chances that she has to hurt people or <sighs> like I, one, two, three, at least three scenes in the movie I can think of where she doesn't do that. She would rather be quiet. And she even says that at least twice in two of those scenes that she just wants to be quiet, that there's, there's no point. Um, Like when she, when they're in the car after the, when she has the play and he just keeps talking about, and she's like, can we please just stop talking about it? Can you please just take me home? Like Mm -hmm. it talking about, it's not going to fix it. When she, has sex with shep in the car and he tells her that he loves her and she's like don't say that let's just be quiet and then take me home and then when they have that explosive fight towards the end there are so many things that she could say to him but she just listens and then she she doesn't engage in it uh which I don't mean to give away that last scene because we're gonna have a lot to say about it, I'm sure. But he's telling her, If you hate me so much, blah, 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 why are you even carrying my child? Why are you living in my house? Why are you when he tells her during that same I mean, during this same time um that he has been sleeping with a girl in this city? Mm-hmm. I wanted to break all his teeth out of his face, but she could have told him that she slept with Shep, but why? Because what is and I love that she says to him, Why are you telling me this? Are you trying to hurt me are you i don't i love when she says i don't care who you f and i'm like oh i feel like that just said so much and i definitely saw what was going to come at the end and i was reading some like different people's like perspectives about that and i i just think that there's a lot to her character i mean obviously she's in a movie but you know what i mean
1: no she, she is a dynamic character um I want to read some more about, like, some other people's kind of analysis of the characters and stuff. I, I was uncertain um, with some of the choices of, you know, the fact that it's written by a guy and it's directed by a man. Um, you know, whenever a female character has so many choices, I'm always wondering, is this, like... Are they saying she's this empowered woman who's doing these things, or are they like, look at she tried to do her own thing and now she's dead? Like, you know, it's like what's the attitude towards the character? Um, and I don't think it's negative here, but I was, I think that also put me on edge early because I'm like, oh, is this oh, interesting? Is she like a, a negative? Um, I, I am, I want to be always kind of aware of things like that, and I, knowing that I'm a white male cis white male even that, that i am always gonna i have a very limited instinctive perspective that i have to always kind of rail against so i want to i want to think about what it would a, a character what would a woman see if they're watching this obviously you found her to be strong it seems which is good that's a positive thing that it didn't come off as this like lady who's just I... doing whatever or that our was there to uh give art because in the end frank is left standing and he's like oh i'm so sad and it's like you should be sad you jerk yeah like you kind of drove her to these choices um you know and you you You... trapped her uh, essentially yeah
0: Yeah. um i think that it's very interesting too i mean i know that like we see some like things and movies and stuff about societal expectations of men and i guess that like we know that they're there but i don't really feel like the ones that are, like, in this movie are really um, talked about, like, uh, sorry, I'm saying like so much, Um, that he has to take care of his family, and even though he hates this job, he's doing it because it's a responsible thing to do. But also, I feel like Michael Shannon's character in this movie as just... I mean, looking at him and just seeing how he acts, he has no filters. He has no boundaries with mm. people. And maybe he is a little crazy, but if he doesn't see everything for what it is, you know?
1: Yeah. Um, Michael Shannon's character was super interesting. Um, and again, it made me uncomfortable um, in a lot of ways. Like the mother issues that he had there, the resentment towards Kathy Bates, character. Um,
0: and his father.
1: Yes. But he was, it was definitely more the mother. Um, so that's, again, so there's two male characters who have some kind of strong issues with their, their women. And then even um, if you look at the treatment of Zoe Kazan's character from, um, oh. yeah, when he finished, like, you were swell, I think he says to her. Yes, you were swell.
0: And then he's like, but that's it. And I just wanted to punch him in the face because... I can't believe that she doesn't know that he's married, but still, like, she's oh, she a human being. Uh,
1: again, I don't know when I became super, like, cognizant of wedding rings, but remember I caught That's it. so funny. Um, when, when they don't wear one. <laughs> when they're at dinner, um, where, at lunch or whatever, there's a scene where he pours her drink and, like, the camera catches the wedding ring. Like, it it's is like, so ching, purposeful. Ching. Like, there's no way she couldn't have seen the wedding ring. Like, there's no question in my mind she knows, but is okay with it um for maybe because maybe her hopes that she can steal him away because he's you know he's moving up like his note the first encounter on the elevator where she kind of looks at him and he notices that she looks and then he goes after her that day but then uh she doesn't come to him until he's starting to get the promotion like later on like that's what oh comes back to him. Um, you're right so i feel I like rumors right i feel like she was you know setting up the you know trying to find not not necessarily a, a cruel way but he maybe he seemed a little unhappy he did do this with me once you know because she smiled at him she didn't go after him hard the first time but now we w- the assumption to me is that they had sex the one time and then nothing until the time she comes back to him and i think we're supposed to take that they had sex again that time we just don't see it um
0: yeah because oh no, no. he he says to april a few times with the girl right. in the city. Um, and I think that it's so interesting, like the separation of lives and God, I just want to talk about something, but you, I can't because it's a spoiler for something else, but that separation of like having a mistress in the city and then going home to your wife in the suburbs, like, uh,
1: if it's a spoiler for a TV show, we were just talking about, I already know that, but, um, perfect, uh, not to spoil for the listeners, but you know, um, yeah, that show's been on, out long enough where I've heard probably most of the big plot points. Um, because podcasts just randomly will throw things out like that. So, um, and it's my fault because it's been I've had access to see that for a long time and I just haven't. But um, that that was one of my things with this though is the women are being treated negatively. Now, of course that is reflective of the time period right women mm-hmm. were not supposed to have jobs the men had the jobs when they talk about moving to paris and her getting a job and him like pursuing his interest everyone's kind of making fun of him which definitely you can see the uh he feels emasculated and that's where i think a lot of the the doubt creeps in about mm-hmm. moving um so i'm sure that's the commentary and again i don't have an issue with that it just i don't know like it didn't sit well with me for a lot of it. Um, the funny thing, the movie has a 69 Metascore, and when I click on it, like it's a lot. Uh, most of the reviews are like super positive. Like it, it's there's 150 that shows on the the big list on IMDb, which usually is the bottom of the the reviews. If it's um, that's usually how they do it, is they'll do like the top, the bottom, and then they'll have some things in the middle um, to look at. And I'm not sure if that is the case, but I, I'm wanting to kind of read through, um. Oh, there's a thirty-eight in there because I just I'm like I don't think it's bad. Like, I, there's nothing I can point out. It's like, oh, this is bad writing or this was uh, it it made me uncomfortable. It made me nervous about like what what the the point of the movie was. Like, I didn't fully grasp it. And again, that's that's probably more on me. Um, but it because how it ends with him, you know, we are we supposed to feel sorry for him? because uh, i don't like i don't want to feel sorry for him because i don't think i don't she should have had to go through what she went through
0: i don't think so either i it, not only does he cheat on her and like give her these hopes that they're going to go do something and the point where she says to shep i believe that they didn't have to go to paris it was just anywhere um yeah i he won't like discuss important things with her like that she doesn't want to have this pregnancy um he i i see i i could see him like purposely waiting the 12 weeks and then he did um because they knew that it was safe until then um when he finds it in the bathroom i mean
1: <sighs> i got to say too i didn't know what that was at first me neither like, okay i didn't, I didn't know um, that like, was
0: something that women did at home. I didn't know. Like,
1: I think the message, well, not of the in movie, that point. Well, and I think the message of the movie is that you're not, it's not a safe way because she dies. Um,
0: well, well, yeah, but like they were talking about that. It's safe up to 12 weeks. And then she knows it's after 12 weeks. And I just think that wow. that last, um, that scene of them fighting. And again, here she is being so composed and she could yell so many things at him while he has her backed against the wall um and he's like he i mean i i'm not one to talk i'm very emotional <laughs> he's like tears in his eyes he's been drinking all day you know and then she just goes across the street and smokes a cigarette and is really thinking about everything and he won't leave her alone like she wants to go to the fort into the woods and just be left alone and then he finally does leave and i you know oh, man that I can see why it was upsetting, but I, and it's so funny because so many things like this would probably be such a downer for me.
1: And so often, I would say almost every film we've watched that has a down ending, that's not a happy ending, you have hated. And I generally like those. I I am okay with a realistic ending. And I'm not, honestly, I'm not upset with this um, for having the down ending. Uh, You know, there's so much I want to really like like Revolutionary Road, the fact that the road's name is the name of the movie and that it's such, it's so emphasized that it's where they live uh, and the idea of what a revolution is and she is kind of standing up against the the stereotypes of the the time and what was expected of women, but also not like it's that's, but it, it has to be important, right? Because it's the name of the, it is the oh, yeah. the house that they, they were brought up in. I'm wondering now, because I, I don't think I ever really caught Kathy Bates name in the movie, but her last name is Givings. So she's Miss Givings. And I'm like, hmm. oh, she's Mrs. Givings, if you want to be accurate, because she is married, but still, like, uh, that feels, like, intentional, right? Like, Miss Givings, she has, because mis- she's, oh, this is the best house, you're the best couple, I love you guys, or whatever. Um, well, it's like,
0: there's so much emphasis put on how young and exciting they are, and that they're, like, bringing this, like, renewal to the street, I don't know, and yes. then... They just get caught up in the same wheel everyone else does.
1: Well, then you have Katherine Hahn's character, who is uh, Shep's wife, Millie, um, who's they're supposed to be best friends. The friendship feels very hard to buy, in my opinion, uh, like like they're friends by proximity only, which I think is part of the idea, because I think that's the whole none of Kate Winslet's world is real. Like she's just living this this expected life not what she wants to be doing at all. And that I definitely think she conveys that. Like, she never feels connected to any of it, including her children, which is hard, um, but an important. I mean, it is, she didn't want this life, and she's been shoved into it and re- is definitely upset about all of it. Um, but her, like, cause she, I would say Millie is everything that the woman is supposed to be in this era, you know what I'm saying? Like, not what I think they're supposed to be, but what the social expectations she's a overly affectionate loving woman she even has some of the like the cheesiest lines in the movie um when they're uh they're at di- like the dancing place uh right before shep and, and um april end up together uh like when the scene starts she's like we're the best friends that at it again or something and she has this really like
0: together like, again yeah
1: yeah yeah it's like such a cheesy like nobody would ever say that in real life right like that's the granted she is she we turn it we find out she's very very drunk in that scene, but still like that to me is her vibe. She's just kind of, you know, everything is supposed to be this way and I'm going to be this idealistic. This is what a wife is supposed to be. Um, And Shep even seems to have that attitude about them leaving, you know, like what kind of man would let his wife, you know, pay the bills kind of thing. Um, Yet Shep is, is you, you can see it. The very first time that April comes over to the house, like I was like, well, he loves her. Like that is, is so like written into his his standing. He looks, and it's not. I don't know that he doesn't love Millie, but he very clearly loves April. Like there is no doubt in my mind early on that he loved April. Um, I didn't see it playing out the way it does. Like I didn't expect that. Like I thought he was gonna make a move on her or something like that. Um, because there is this uh ominousness like to the the whole movie, right? Like for uh, being in the suburbs and this very ha- happy, everything's bright and shiny. Um, there's this like aura that you can't escape of this dread that uh, is, I think April's dread. I I'm I'm coming around on this movie more. I still didn't enjoy watching it. I want to. That's really my big complaint was it was like. I
0: mean, I can appreciate that.
1: Yeah, um, I
0: was a little upset that I watched it like right before I needed to go to bed because mm. I did need a little bit of a buffer. Um, but I just. probably gonna buy the book tonight um yeah
1: um i I, i'm gonna do i definitely want to dig into some of the analysis a little more and and people who maybe are more versed in the what the book is saying and what the movie is saying um because i i'm curious uh how effective some of those things are and i do i want to i kind of want to read some like feminist takes on this to see if uh you know is this are the treatment of women being condemned in this? Or the, is it being condoned? Like, look what April gets for not 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 adhering to the I think uh, that that's what she wanted, though. Which she wanted to die?
0: I think that she's lost all hope. Um, there's, like, no fight left in her. Like,
1: right. at all. I don't disagree with that. But what is the movie saying by having her do that? Like, it's either conform or die? And if so, you know, like like you can say that that is something you can form or die. It could be your attitude. Like the, like, I guess you could maybe look at like V for vendetta, uh, either do what they say, or you're going to, you know, either overthrow it or you're going to succumb to it. Right. That's the, in fact, if we go to Blake Snyder's institutionalized, which I think is what this movie maybe uh, dancing around institutionalized is one of the Blake Snyder archetypes in the save the cat screenwriting book. Um, where the, if the institution is the American suburb, which I think is what it's uh, what it's going about, what it's criticizing. There's always two endings to an institutionalized story: they either succumb and become the thing that they're supposed to, or they die trying to escape. And I guess the third option is actually escaping, but usually that doesn't happen. Um, and they couldn't bring the institution down because the suburbs were, you know, everywhere at that time. So she succumbs, and so cool. But is that saying that maybe she? I think you have to then weigh... Is the movie saying that she is wrong and anyone who is like this deserves to die? Or are we... Like, I am sad that she dies. So, like, that implies that my take is that it's it's a tragedy that she was in this position that she had to be that, in that way. I, I guess I don't really know...
0: I agree with you about that. Um, And I just... Like, that he doesn't really spend time with his children, and I don't feel like he spends much time with his wife. Um, and when they are spending time together, he, they're fighting. And then at the end, we find out that he's sold the house. This house that meant so much to him, so much to him, that he wasn't willing to give it up. And so his wife dies because of it. And now he's living back in the city with his two children and spending all of his extra time with them.
1: Yeah, I mean so he definitely is supposed to be repetitive at the end. And that's where I don't want to feel sorry for him though. Um, but I think the movie's pushing you to to at least give him and again, I guess I, it's kind of contradictory because I do I am a person who wants to believe in the options of redemption that a person can make a mistake and if they're truly repetitive for what they've done wrong, we they should be able to be redeemed. Like that I, I think that is something we should strive for in society, that people should have the opportunity to change. Um, and we should encourage that change and help facilitate that change rather than condemning them or, or banishing them. Um, if again, they are sincere with their attempts and he does look genuinely remorseful like that scene where the kids are on the swings and he's like, just kind of staring off for several seconds and looks but, like he's stared up. <laughs> yeah. And look like he's, he's still shattered as a man. And I think the, the selling of the house is also because it now the house is, is like monolith of her. That his mistakes, his problems, what he did wrong. Um, And that's why he he kind of banishes himself, I guess, is in a way. Um, And his penance is like being a better father and being a a more astute individual. Um,
0: That breakfast scene. um, Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off.
1: No, I was done.
0: Um, Like I I thought she was going to hang herself. I knew that it was over
1: yeah when she starts like crying when she's washing dishes
0: not even then like the way that she won't like breach the subject of the fight of the night before yeah it's like
1: it never happened
0: yeah and but you can like tell there's a there's an even bigger sadness about her and she's trying to like get him to talk about these things that i don't really think that she's interested in and just the way that she's treating him
1: she's Not acting I... like the picturesque wife though in that scene right like she's doing all the things that a wife is quote unquote supposed to be right like she's made him this perfect breakfast and um even she like which egg do you want and he says scrambled and then she says i'll i'll do scrambled for mine too implying that she didn't want scrambled but that she would do that because it would be easy you know what i mean like it, it that's the the vibe i got like to say i'll do scrambled for mine too like, you don't need to say that, right? Like, if you're making the eggs and you're making scrambled, then just eat the scrambled eggs. But to, to put it out there was almost like, I will conform to your your desires. I will conform. Okay, I've really turned around on this movie, I think. Um, but, <laughs>
0: yes, Corey!
1: Um, um, I And I, like, rewatched,
0: uh, I watched, like, this um, analysis of it, and it was pretty much all the breakfast scene. Um, but it did have some of the scene of the fight from the night before where she's against the wall and he's saying all this stuff to her about living in his house and you know like hey it's not just your house homie you're out working she's raising your kids but um, you know like um, why are you even having my child and it's like she tried to talk to you about that and you didn't want to be bothered and I just even at that point I was just like this is this is this is it, because she just looks so broken.
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. There's,
0: there's no, there's no, t- there's no way this is all gonna turn around. Like he's too invested.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree <sighs> with that too. Um, I, I, you know, when just what, gonna hang herself. It was, I mean, when she's crying while washing dishes, it is so heartbreaking because she's so trying not to, like, too, like she's trying. To just, no, oh, no, I'm okay. And then she leaves him just off can't. to um, work. Yeah, yeah. Watching him walk, the, the choice cinema, cinematography wise, like with her looking out at a distance and staying really, really, like the camera stays far away from him. It's just, you know, it, it has so much to that distance that is now a hunt. They seem so far apart, even though there's no way the driveway is that far, right? Like if mm-hmm. you look at the shot again, like there's no way the car is really as far away as it feels. Um, and that's the choice of the wide lens there that really hits home the, uh, the the schism that has finally like divided. It's there's a Grand Canyon between them at that point in the film, right? There's no coming back from it. Um, yeah, it, it's it is a, it's a tragic story. It definitely emphasizes the theme for the month of Love Stinks because man, what more stinky could that love be? Like it is brutal in every sense. Um, just a tough tough movie at the end. Uh, but again, um, well-performed, mostly well-directed. I, I, again, I'm a big fan of Deakins as a cinematographer. Again, hot take. Uh, he's a great cinematographer, won a couple of Academy awards. Um, recently though, for Blade Runner 2049 also, uh, he works with, he works with pretty much all the awesome directors at this point. So yeah, not, he's worked with Villeneuve on a couple of movies. So, um, but, uh, it's. It is a tough watch, folks. If you've made it through spoilers, despite having not watched it, know that going in, it is uh, not an easy thing to watch, but uh, not necessarily in a bad way. Just, um, and it, I, I do feel like I've come around. Uh, probably don't watch it on a holiday. Maybe is where like I shouldn't have. Uh, done that.
0: Give yourself some room to watch something a little more.
1: I am very glad I left part of Home for the Holidays. Um, even though Home for the Holidays has some tough scenes in it too, but it's mostly a comedy and, uh. I did watch Miracle that's on 34th Street right. after that. So, um, I, I enjoy Robert Downey Jr. so much in that movie. Um, He's
0: so good!
1: <laughs> also, I mean, obviously, Holly I uh, And I always forget it's Jodie Foster directed, too, which I I think is oh, yes. worthy of note. Um, so, I think that's it. Do you have anything else for Revolutionary Road? No. So, folks, that is our review um, of Revolutionary Road. Corey, uh, oh, man, I just realized what we're watching next week. Um <laughs> Corey, uh, well, do you have anything uh, to? Um, I'm sorry. What would you rate this movie for you? Man, my brain went like completely. Without out. a doubt, must see. Must see. Wow. Uh, yeah. I I I was probably going to be harsh on this movie. I think I'm going to go. Um, uh, I'm going to go not quite golden, but like leaning towards decent watch. Cause there's some issues uh, again with the experience of watching it, but uh, it's, a, it's well-made. I mean, Mendez, even if you don't always agree with what he's doing, I think he's, he's a pretty competent filmmaker. Um, so not a lot to go wrong there. Uh, that is the end of love stinks, November, 2020. When we come back, it will be December, the final month of this horrid year that I can't wait to end um,
0: flown by anyways.
1: Yeah, it actually did. Uh, Surprising. In fact, time does not exist anymore. So who knows? We could be in a a horrible (laughs) loop. Hopefully this year does not Groundhog Day us. Um, You know, uh, it does seem to be the worst days that always end up happening. Then we learn to live with it and deal with it. Um, So our next month uh, of December, the final month of the year, we like to do what's called Through the Cracks. And that month, we go to movies that we have... Uh, that came out in 2020 that we've almost missed. We haven't quite caught. We haven't seen, which normally those are theatrical releases that didn't get a wide release and they're now available on VOD and we can finally see them. Uh, That is- Theatrical release. (laughs) Right. This year, that goes out the window because theatrical releases got pushed back to next year for the most part. Um, So there's a lot of things that we uh, have seen uh, because of the availability. But there were still some big movies that we have not, for one reason or another, checked out. So we're still going to do this theme. It's almost all going to be streaming stuff uh, pretty much exclusively, with the exception of one. Um, no, I guess technically. No, one. Um, and I'm looking now because I have not picked my second one, and I'm trying to really fast. Uh, there's several movies that I haven't seen that I wanted to see. Um, I guess I'm going to go with that one because um, that's the one I was going to watch. So uh, we'll go that way. And so for our next month and final month of 2020 – December, 2020 will be through the cracks. Uh, We're going to be watching next week. I'm thinking of ending things, which is also going to be from my understanding, a very depressing type of movie. Um, So heads up on that one. Uh, It is the new Charlie Kaufman film. So hopefully it will at least have that surrealism element that I adore, but I will most likely be baffled and clueless on how to approach the movie for a little while, but I still want to watch it. So uh, that is on Netflix. Uh, The following week, Corey picked Mulan, which will be available for everyone to watch. If you have Disney plus, um officially you will not have to pay the 30 dollars rental fee or buy it in order to watch mulan so that's why we're finally going to catch that one i'm going to try to watch the animated one before that because i've never seen it and i feel like i should have the context Ooh, i also want to watch that mm, you know what you know what i'm going to throw a curveball um i'm going to change the movie i just typed and put it something different because i kind of don't want to watch that one um and this one seems more fun yeah we're gonna go with that one um So this movie came out, I think, a month ago, and it is a holiday-themed movie, which I uh, uh, enjoy, and it's also a rom-com, which, if you know me, those are favorites of mine. Uh, It's called Holiday, and um, it's also a Netflix movie. That will be our third movie, and then finally, and I'm excited to get to rewatch this movie, I have actually seen this, Corey has not. Corey's last pick of the year, the last movie for Movie Club 2020, is going to be Bill and Ted Face the Music. which I am excited to revisit. And Corey, I can't wait to hear your thoughts on it. Oh,
0: I can't wait to watch it.
1: So with that, uh, that is our episode for this week. We will be back for the final month of 2020. I keep emphasizing that. And I will all of December because thank goodness. Um, hopefully we'll have a vaccine for covid in 2021 and we'll have a new president in 2021 so maybe things will start to be peaceful again and we can rebuild and people can start to not hate each other um, and i won't be afraid to be on facebook anymore so um that said if you want to follow us on social media that we actually check you can look us up on uh, instagram twitter letterbox i am at Burke reviews and Corey.
0: Corey, our star two r's on the end
1: and check out our the other podcasts uh, that I do with Matt Hudson from what I watch, uh, .co.uk. Um what I watched tonight. Sorry. I, I skipped a word. Um, the bloody awesome movie podcast, which is hosted at berk And we do movie astrology, which is hosted over at what I watched tonight. Um, love to he- hear feedback. And I'm working on a couple of other podcasts uh, that might be popping up here soon. Um, and I, I will keep everyone informed of those. If they happen, uh, you know, it's, it's a lot of moving pieces with having different hosts and such, but, We appreciate you listening. Uh, If you like what we're doing, please rate and review the podcast on whatever service that it is you listen to us so that other people can find us. And in the meantime, it's important to stay safe, mask up, and keep watching movies. This has been a Burke Reviews podcast. BerkReviews.com.